Yes, you know, my favorite, Supertones. Got to play it. And it goes along with my message. And I purposely waited that long just to be able to hear that part. Because I'm going to teach you tonight about wisdom. And actually, when the Bible, what, what the song actually just talked about right then at the very part when I was coming up, is like, wisdom and knowledge is something that we lack. It says, you've been a Christian how long? You're still in Similac. That's the truth. It's like there's people that just do not understand what God's word says, that there's much, much, much more that he wants us to understand. And uh, we definitely need wisdom. We need wisdom. We need knowledge. We need those things that are going to help us fight the battle. And uh, first off, I just want to tell you, thank you for coming. I really had no idea what we would have tonight because of the fact that some weather scares people off. I think if this would have happened probably in, like, November, we probably would have been, like, you know, 25, 30 people. But I think as, you know, winter goes on, isn't it an interesting, interesting thing how, like, the first snowfall, people are scared to death, and you're, like, driving at, like, 25. Then all of a sudden, like, you get through, like, January, February, it's, like, 45. I can do it. It's no problem. People kind of get all, like, I can handle it, you know, and kind of thing. So what's the matter? Really? Yeah, they do get scared. People are get really, really afraid. I got yesterday on my way to work. I left, honestly, like 40 minutes before I was supposed to be at work, and I got stuck behind somebody going 25 the whole way there. I'm like, you're kidding me. But, you know, it's like always one of those things where there's like five, six cars, and there's no way you're going to pass because you, you just know you're not going to be able to make it. So anyway, yeah, if you didn't go to Reach, come, come the next time. I mean, it is really more of a serious type thing. I mean, it, it's definitely not as much of like the fun. and We still have a lot of fun. But, I mean, it was definitely a lot more of uh, lessons and, and things like that to teach us to learn really discipleship, and, which is basically to learn the disciplines of Christ and uh, really just to grow in our faith. So uh, everybody that did come out, I really appreciate you putting some effort into it. Um, what we're looking for in the future is really to get some more and more people involved in ministry and maybe doing things. Um, we talked about in-reach and outreach, the fact of, you know, what we can do in here to make people feel more connected and then out, you know, how we can reach people in the outside world. Um, there was a really interesting story not too long ago that um, my husband was actually watching, Ed Young, and he's talking about these people that they would go to this great big swap meet, and as they were there, it was like, you know, in Texas, and it's hot, really hot in Texas. So here, what it was is they'd offer this, like, fried chicken-type dinner that you can go and sit in the shade and you could eat it. And so he says him and his wife went over and started eating, and it was really good, and he says before long, one of the ladies that worked there selling the chicken, she came come over to him in the shade and was walking around to all the people in the shade saying, hey, would you like to sample the chicken? And he's like, I'm eating the chicken. I don't really need a sample. And as they were sitting there, his wife said to him, you know, that's the problem with the church is they, instead of walking the extra 10 feet and going out in the hot sun and doing real work, instead they keep offering the same things to the people that are inside the church. And I agree with that. You know what? We can't do things just because it's comfortable. We can't do it because it's easy. And because we have a captive audience, we have to do it because of the fact that we really do love Jesus and we're trying to share the message. And it's going to take hard work, and it's going to be sometimes in the beating hot sun. But in the long run, it isn't a whole lot better than work a little bit in the beating hot sun than have someone burn in hell. So much better. So much better. So much more worthy. So anyway, I do think that we need to understand that CYM exists inside those walls, yes. But hopefully for each one of you is to understand what your faith means to you so that you can honestly share it with other people outside of this wall outside of this place and really tell them, regardless if they ever come to CYM or not, it doesn't matter if they ever go to this church or not, it doesn't matter. It's whether or not they really understand and, under, and get really what faith means and what Jesus means in their life. So that's really why we exist. CYM isn't just here just to have fun and do all this stuff. It's to get you guys to get the 
the tools to really just uh, share the message of Christ with others. So like I said, we're going to talk about wisdom tonight. And uh, the Bible has a lot of really interesting things to say about wisdom. Now, you, you probably think about wisdom. You're probably thinking, okay, yeah, we, do, we need to be wise. We need to do things in the right way, whatever. But there's a whole lot different with the way God looks at wisdom compared to what the world looks at wisdom. And uh, I kind of wanted to read you real, real quick. And it's, most of my, message, my scriptures are going to be on the message tonight. So, uh, you know, I'm going to have to fight with it because I got bad eyes and I don't have my giant print Bible. So you're going to have to deal with me. It says here in Job, it says, But where, oh, where will they find wisdom? Where does insight hide? Mortals don't have a clue. Haven't the slightest idea where to look. Earth steps say it's not here. Ocean depths echo. Never heard of it. It can't be bought with the finest gold. No amount of silver can get it. Even famous Ophir gold can't buy it. Not even diamonds and sapphires. Neither gold nor emeralds are comparable. Extravagant jewelry can't touch it. Pearl necklaces and ruby bracelets, why bother? None of this is even a down payment on wisdom. Pile gold and African diamonds as high as you will, but they can't hold a candle to wisdom. So where is it that wisdom comes from, and where does insight live? It can't be found by looking. No matter how deep you dig, no matter how high you fly, if you search for the grave through the graveyard and question the dead, they'll say we've only ever heard rumors of it. So I want you to understand, wisdom is not easily found in the way that God looks at it. It's so simple, but a lot of people just don't get it and don't grasp what it means. The main thing that I really wanted to teach you about, about this is there's really three different things that God's been to really kind of like put upon my heart that I wanted to share with you guys. I think a lot of times you hear in your faith, the things that you need to pray for just to kind of keep you out of the fire, you know, that life goes easy and all these different things. And, and it's really just things like, you know, it's kind of like just to help you to get through your day on a daily basis. And, but you don't think of the facts. You may not realize that God really gives you a whole um, arsenal of things to have to help you in this battle. And some of it isn't just as much as it is weapons as it is um, things that are good that you can ask for, that he's willing to give to us but we just don't know that we can ask for them. And one of the things I want you to understand about that tonight is that wisdom is one of those things. Over the next couple of weeks, I want to talk to you about how you can pray for blessings. Blessings is a big thing. God tells us to pray for that. He tells us to seek after wisdom. He tells us to pray for blessings. And he tells us also that we can ask for favor. And I think a lot of times we don't feel as though we're worthy, that we can really get these things. But God really has um, a lot to offer us. And I think we just don't understand that. So um, one of the things that I found so super interesting about wisdom is that God actually describes it in feminine terms. And I think that's really kind of an interesting thing, that God's word throughout the Bible talks about wisdom as a her or a she. It's not something that is described as um, male. Now, obviously, we understand God's word tells us that God is male. Jesus, male. But it's interesting because when he talks about wisdom, it talks about the fact that it's feminine. And uh, I want to kind of show you the different scriptures that kind of show that tonight. Um, Proverbs 4, 6, and 7 says, Never walk away from wisdom. She guards your life, love her. She keeps, she keeps her eye on you. Above all and before all, do this. Get wisdom. Write this at the top of your list. Throw your arms around her. Believe me, you won't regret it. Never let her go. She'll make your life glorious. She'll garland your life with grace. She'll festoon your days with beauty. So I think it's an interesting thing how God's word says she and her. Proverbs 7, 4 says, talk to wisdom as to a sister. And then Proverbs 8, um, 11 has some interesting things too. It actually, uh, in the message translation, calls herself 
Lady Wisdom is what it says. It says, I am Lady Wisdom and I live next to sanity. Knowledge and discretion live just down the street. The fear of God means hating evil, whose ways I hate with a passion. Pride and arrogance and crooked talk. Good counsel and common sense are my characteristics. I am both insight and virtue to live it out. With my help, leaders rule and lawmakers legislate fairly. With my help, governors govern, along with all legitimate authority. I love those who love me. Those who look for me find me. Wealth and glory accompany me, also substantial honor and a good name. My benefits are worth more than a big salary, even a very big salary. The returns on me exceed an imaginable bonus. You can find me on Righteous Road. That's where I walk at the intersection of Justice Avenue, hanging out life to those who love me, filling their arms with life, armloads of life. So you see, God says that there's so much to offer that she's just willing to give it to us. But a lot of times we don't seek after it. Something that's so willing to be given to us if we would just ask and we would start to understand. But what I want to say to you tonight is there's actually a little catch because there, there seems to be like that with God sometimes. And you're going to see tonight that there's more to wisdom than just kind of seeking it, but there's actually something else you have to have um, to get it. Also, Proverbs 14.33 says, Lady wisdom is at home in an understanding heart. Fools never even get to say hello. So I think it's really interesting that wisdom is described really as a beautiful prized woman that you should really be seeking after. And then we have, on Shelby's graphic, when you put it up, can you put it up for me a second again? Um, You can see, obviously, wisdom is on the left. The other thing that they talk about with um, the the other side is they call her folly. Folly, foolish, foolishness, and, and things like that is what it describes as the other. Um, but we're supposed to actually seek after wisdom, look at her as a beautiful prized woman, and really just uh, want to be that if we're a girl. And guys, if you are male, seek after that, that that's what you'd want to be with for your future. Um, the foolish woman, God's word describes her as seductress, immoral, wanton, temptress that basically just is out there to try to just really destroy man at all costs and uh, it kind of goes through in the bible talks a little bit about it kind of interesting if i can find it i hope i didn't lose my flag on this one i'm not seeing it now great there it is all right it says um Dear friend, pay close attention to this, my wisdom. Listen very closely to the way I see it. Then you'll acquire a taste for good sense. What I tell you will keep you out of trouble. The lips of a seductive woman are oh so sweet. Her soft words are oh so smooth. But it won't be long before she's gravel in your mouth, a pain in your gut, a wound in your heart. She's dancing down Primrose Path to death, headed straight for hell and taking you with her. She hasn't a clue about real life, about who she is or where she's really going. Keep your distance from such a woman. Absolutely stay out of her neighborhood. So you see, God has some really descriptive. That's why I always say people always sit there and talk about the Bible being boring. Man, you haven't read it. Because I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of interesting things about the Bible. I remember one day driving to town to do something. I remember Cameron in the back when he was younger, of course. You know, we always talked about the Bible. We always talked about what God's Word says. I love God's Word. I wanted my kids to grow up hearing God's Word constantly. So we always talked about it. I remember one time just driving down to LaSalle, and I remember, um, you know, reading the Proverbs and talking about these things, telling Cameron about steering clear of the, <laughs> of the seductress, you know, the, the, the woman who's out to get him. And, you know, there's a lot of interesting things. God has really relevant life lessons here for us to get and to grasp. But a lot of times we don't get it because, you know, what we get hung up 
on reading stuff like, you know, the Old Testament and about the temple and how big the curtain was and how big, you know, how much gold and, and stuff like that. And then we don't continue on. I mean, all that stuff's important, but there's so much more also that God's word has to offer us. So I think that we need to understand that, um, you know, wisdom is found if we look for it. If we really seek after it, we can find wisdom. It's, it's, it's right there. God's word says that it's at the busiest of intersections. You know, at first in Maine is what it says. At the busiest intersection, right in the city square where traffic is thickest. She lives on Righteous Road at the intersection of Justice Avenue, yelling out to everyone who's even there. So it's like wisdom is there. It's yelling for you to get it, to seek after it. But a lot of times, even as Christians, we don't do that. Because, you know, we look at this as a battle, and we don't understand that there is a whole opportunity to go on a different level of fighting this if we would just seek after wisdom. Like I said, the seductress, the wanton woman, whereas, you know, the, the wisdom is on the busy corner, you know, you can find her too. But a lot of times, you know what, you find the seductress and the temptress, when you lose your way, you lose your focus, and you start to wander off. That's when you tend to, loot, to seek after the other, when you go after the person, uh, seductress or temptress or folly as we described her. Um, Proverbs 9 says that she calls out too. She calls out just like, um, you know, the other does. It says there's another woman, Madam Whore. That's what the Bible describes her as. Brazen, empty-headed, and frivolous. She sits on the front porch on her house on Main Street, and as people walk by minding their own business, she calls out, are you confused about life? If you don't know what's going on, steal off with me. I'll show you a good time. No one will ever know, and I'll give you the time of your life. But they don't know about all the skeletons in her closet that all of her guests really end up in hell. God's word makes it so clear that there is a right way and a wrong way. But unfortunately, as Christians, sometimes we really don't get it. We just keep going and doing life as we know it and Christianity, supposedly, as we know it. And we don't understand about the fact that we can seek after wisdom. Proverbs 7 says that um, soon this wanton folly woman, foolish woman, has this man eating out of her hand. And he was just really bewitched by her honeyed speech, you know, the, the things that she said and and God's word describes it as before long, she's actually like a calf that's being led to slaughter. Um, the Bible also describes it in the message translation as a, as a horse that's being lured out into the bushes and, and before long an arrow is shot and it's killed. Or a bird flying into a net not knowing at that time that its life of flying is going to be over. Because human beings, for some reason, will walk into traps all the time and they don't quite get that there is danger um, God's word tells us that there's dangers out there if we're not seeking after wisdom. He tells us to be cautious, to watch closely where it is that you're walking. Now, I don't want you girls to lose interest here thinking I'm only talking to guys because it's putting in feminine terms. You as a woman need to understand that you need to seek after wisdom because this is what your whole life is all about. You need to be that person, that woman that is speaking wisdom and truth, and, and not being a person who's going to ever lead anybody astray. God's word talks about, it says, in the adulterous woman. The adulterous woman is the one who is going to lead a man astray. That's going to tell them that it's okay to walk away from vows. It's okay to talk, walk away from what God had set before us, that there was a certain covenant of marriage and, and sexual relationships, how it's supposed to be worked out as. So we're supposed to understand that we need to watch where it is that we're walking. And uh, 
we need to understand that there is big time danger of not seeking after wisdom. Um, we talked before in the past, if you've been here for any length of time, if you haven't been for there for this message, you can always go back into the blogs and find out. Um, we didn't always podcast everything, but there's always blogs for my messages where we talked about um, the Bible describes us, our, our Christianity as a walk of faith. And uh, I think here you can kind of see that it's, it's, it's where we walk and how purposely we walk and really who we're going to walk to and who we're walking with that's going to make the difference. You know, if we're so willing to just wander off from our faith, we are going to run into folly and we are not going to run into wisdom. And we really need to understand that there is a firm path that we're supposed to walk on. James 3.13 in the message says, Do you want to be counted to wise to build a reputation for wisdom here's what you can do live well live wisely live humbly it's the way that you live not the way that you talk that really counts mean-spirited ambition isn't wisdom boasting that you are wise isn't wisdom twisting the truth to make yourself sound wise isn't wisdom it's actually the furthest thing from wisdom it's actually animal cunning devilish conniving whenever you're trying to look better than others or get the better of others things just fall apart and everyone ends up at each other's throats Real wisdom, God's wisdom, begins with a holy life and is characterized by getting along with others. It is gentle and reasonable, overflowing with mercy and blessings, not hot one day and cold the next, not two-faced. Okay, what did I just talk to you about last week? Fence sitters, people that blow hot one minute, blow cold the next. Those people that are fake, the, the fake Christians, the people who aren't really going to make it, I mean, they're not going to get it. You understand, you cannot be a fence-sitter and have wisdom. It's not going to work. You have to be a person who is going to be very firm in their beliefs, and they're going to have to walk very purposeful and avoid traps, avoid dangers. And uh, the sooner you can get it figured out, the better. You're going to have to understand that. You know, it talks about how you get wisdom. You know, it, it sounds so simple. We have an opportunity to ask for it. Like I say, the God offers it. It's a gift that he offers. But we don't do it. We don't, we don't try to get it. Well, how do we get wisdom? How is it we get it? And it says, basically, the only, the first and foremost way that you can get it is only if you ever put your trust in God and if you seek after Jesus. That's when you're going to start to get wisdom. That's when you're going to start to understand Proverbs 9.10 says, Skilled living gets its start in the fear of God, insight into life from knowing a holy God. It's through me that your life deepens and the years of your life ripen. That is, there's a saying that says that's pregnant with a lot of information. It is so much information. And one little tiny scripture reference, Proverbs 9.10. Do you understand? Fear of God. I've talked to you before in the old past with another message too. Wisdom comes out of fearing God. That's the beginning. It says that you will actually start to grow in your faith when you start to recognize and fear God, that God controls every aspect of your life. We, how many days we get is, is predetermined. We have an opportunity to do things great or do things poor. But God's word says if you want to do things in the right way and seek wisdom, then he says start to begin to fear me. And that means have a holy reverence. Understand that we need to um, look at God. You know, the, the problem, I can't say problem. You know, look at the Old Testament. When people were only allowed, certain people were allowed into the holiest of holy temples. You know, like that to, to do it. Only certain people were allowed to go in there. 
And what was so awesome is, is this was only done on certain times, and you actually had to have certain animals brought in. You had a sacrifice before you could ever even approach God and have somebody pray for you to ask for forgiveness. The whole point of Jesus is that he erased all that whole plan. What he did was he made himself sacrifice perfect, the most perfect sacrifice you could have. And when he died on the cross, what happened is the curtain tears. That means that we can approach God at any time that we want. We have an opportunity, not have to do it on a certain day, not have to go in with animals and sacrifice to him. We can actually just say, Lord Jesus, and he's right there by us. That's the whole point. That's what happened on the cross. And so we, we had this opportunity. But what ended up happening, and I think a lot of times in that, is people really have diminished what that was. They don't understand the holiness and the reverence that we still have to have for God. Yes, he's approachable. And yes, we can call on his name anytime we want. He is right there with us. But he's still God. And we still have to show reverence and we still have to fear him and honor him. Not treat him like he's a second-class citizen. Put him first in our life, and that's so important. So to get wisdom, you really have to seek after God, and you really have to start to fear him. And that means understand him and understand that he is going to be in control and that he's number one. That's what it's all about. So the very beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord, to recognize that our lives can be destroyed, really, if we don't put our trust in him. That's what it's all about. Like I said, what's so awesome about God is he says... If you want wisdom, all you have to do is ask him for it. Ask God for wisdom. It's so simple. You have an opportunity, if you want wisdom, to ask God for it. When you're praying, like I say, I, I told Shelby the other day, I said, if I could eliminate three or two or three phrases from my, the Christian vocabulary, I said, I would definitely erase prayer closet. And uh, it's my devotional time. Because you know what? I think that people use those as a big joke. I think more people are, are put off by devotional time, like it's some sort of unattainable thing, like they have to have this whole plan of the space of time, and, and our lives are busy. And you know what? I, I talk to God all day long. It's, it's just the fact that you can just have reverence for him and love him, and you see something happen, a situation, and you have an opportunity to call out to God and say, ask for help for those people. And, and uh, you know, this, this whole idea of prayer closets and I think it just makes everybody feel as though they're not good enough, like they can never be this super Christian. I'm going to tell you, half those or three-quarters of those super Christians aren't as super as you think they are. They're just good at saying the words. Don't ever put, be put off by that. I, I, just, I so want to make Christianity attainable and approachable and, and understand that Jesus just really loves us, and all we have to do is try to seek him and put him first. And he takes the failure that we are, and he turns it around and he makes us into the people that we need to be if we just start to put them first. Christianity was never meant to be this difficult and stupid, the way churches have done this for so long. I really, I'm so frustrated with sometimes the way churches do things. Um, James 1.5 says, if you need wisdom, if you want to know what God wants you to do, then just ask him and he will gladly tell you. He will not resent your asking. So we can ask God. There's a situation, say, God, please give me wisdom in this. Help me to make the right decision. You know what? If you're putting him first, you can ask him. He doesn't resent it. God's word tells us that all good and pleasing gifts come from him. So we need to seek God's wisdom. But it's a very different wisdom what the world offers, and you need to understand that. 
There's a big difference. When the world talks about wisdom, it's a whole lot different from what God talks about wisdom. And uh, you can tell it right off the start in Genesis. If you read Genesis 3, right off the bat in Genesis 3, 6, um, you have the situation with Adam and Eve in the garden. Yeah, there we go. You've got to have that up. I, that's, that's my standard Adam and Eve. I've got to put that up. I've put that up for the, I don't know how long. So I, I have to put it up. I know we're on a serious topic, but I just want a little bit of levity here. Laugh and uh, stuff. But the thing what happened with Adam and Eve is they're in this garden. And obviously the serpent comes. God told Adam and Eve, both of them, what tree they could eat from, what tree they couldn't eat from. And what God actually told Eve and Adam was that you can eat from all the trees. But the one tree in the, the middle, the one that's um, the tree of good and evil, don't eat from that one. And right off the bat, he's telling her what to do, what not to do. But what ends up happening is the serpent comes along and he says, so you can't eat from these trees? And she's right off the bat, she says, yeah, I can eat from the trees. I just can't eat from that tree. That's the tree that I can't eat from. And he says, oh, that's because, you know, God doesn't want you to know what you're supposed to know. If you eat from that tree, you're going to know just as much as he does. See what happened right off the bat? Eve fell for seeking after earthly wisdom. The idea that she could think like God thinks. Earthly wisdom. It's what people do today on a daily basis. They look after things like um, education. And not that that's bad. You need to have an education. But, you know, some people put that on such a high priority that they completely let their spiritual side fall because they want to have an education and they want to have the money. And some of the worst people that I see that happening with is Christians. Parents. Christian parents that sit there and tell their, kid, tell their kids, well, you know, your grades better be perfect. You know, you better be getting that good job. And you know what? That's seeking after earthly wisdom. When you aren't going to church because you have homework, that's seeking after earthly wisdom. I want you to understand that that is. All the years that my kids were young, and I'm not saying I was perfect. Our kids screwed up things. <laughs> they weren't perfect, they can tell you. Um, but you know what? We never let my kids stay home. I never let them stay home on a Wednesday night. I don't care if they had homework. That was just outrageous. They, stay, they went to church on a Wednesday night. I wasn't leading. Wherever they went to, whatever they had going that night, they went to because I thought it's an honor of God. It's how they're going to learn, how they're going to grow. And uh, my kids would go home, and a lot of times we get home at 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, and they stepped till 12, 30, 1 o'clock, and we sat there with them and helping them with homework. Or they went up in their room and they did it. And you know what? They did great in school. Both my kids did great in school. I think that because God will help you if you, you help if you seek after him, he's going to put other things in order and in place. So here's Eve. She sees that this tree was good for food, pleasing to the eye, and also good for gaining wisdom. So she took some of it, she eats it, and then she gives it to her husband who is with her. He eats it too. Think about that. Just that simple little thing which she did. Um, how many things in the past, how many people have you known that have fallen off the path because something looked pleasing. <laughs> How many guys got wrapped up with a girl because she looked pleasing? How many girls went with a guy because he was pleasing to the eye? Man, there's a whole lot of problems in that. You can see that what looks pleasing a lot of times isn't necessarily good for us. It just looks good, you know? But we get thrown off course, just like Eve did. Um, look at right off the bat. Again, she thought it was going to help her gain earthly wisdom. All the time this happens to people. They seek after earthly wisdom instead of what God would want, which is wisdom that comes from him. So we're no different than her. We're no better. We do the same thing constantly in our lives on a daily basis. 
what looks pleasing to us. Sometimes I think we make the poorest decisions because we think something looks good. You know, I, you know, happen to have a great looking car when you know you can't afford it because it looks pleasing. You know, it, it's, it's always thinking about what looks better. You know, God isn't so concerned about what looks pleasing than what really truly is pleasing for you. That's what you need to understand. Earthly wisdom will always bring on confusion, instability, and disorder. But God's wisdom will always bring on a sound mind, firm path, and order. You have to understand that, that there is a certain way that God does things, a certain way that the world does things, and you can't keep trying to mix them and blend them because it won't work. You're going to be really confused because, you know what, you're going to have this, this, this double-minded attitude and the one thing that God's word says, it says if we seek after wisdom and we ask for it, he says then be willing to really accept it and want it for yourself because if you really don't believe that you're going to do anything about it, if you're just going to be double-minded in what you're asking for, then he won't even give it to us. It says a double-minded man should expect to receive nothing from God. So we have to really say, are we going to really seek after this? Well, I'll tell you, whoever bent this thing up from the reach did a real good job on this. <laughs> I can't even keep it in my, my spot. Um, but we need to really seek after wisdom. Are you getting me? Do you understand what I'm saying when I talk about wisdom being something that comes from God and how we need to seek after it? It is something that God offers to us as Christians. How many of you out there have ever prayed for wisdom? More than I thought. That's wonderful. But you know what? Do it every day. When you get up in the morning and say, God, give me wisdom. Before I read my Bible, there's times I'll go to read it and I'm like, God, just give me wisdom. Help me to understand what your, your word says. Make it clear to me because sometimes, you know what, you can read things 20, 30 times and you're like, okay, I still don't know if I got that. You know what? Start to really pray that God will give you wisdom that you can start to understand. The thing is what's interesting about God is he will let us have the knowledge of his word to the level that we are. I think sometimes that people think that, you know, well, they're going to read and they're just going to be this expert in everything. And you know what the thing is? I think God is powerful enough in his word to reveal what it is that he thinks you need to know at that time where you are. That's why sometimes you'll read God's word and you'll be like blown away by something later on and be like a year later, you're like, I don't know why I was so excited about that. That wasn't that great. This is what's really cool. You know, <laughs> you like that. It's constantly changing. That's what God's word is described as. It's a double-edged sword. It's living because it actually convicts us and it challenges us. And where we are, it's constantly maneuvering and changing in our lives. So that's why it's important. This is like one of those things. Once you become a Christian, this is every day the rest of your life. Every day for the rest of your life. There's no respite, no change. The rest of your life, you will be reading God's word daily to succeed. Because it's the weaponry. It's how you're going to succeed. It's how you're going to make it. And uh, I, I, it took me a while to get disciplined to do it. Now it's like no matter when I sit down and read, I'm like, man, I just can't imagine not. But you know what? When there's times where things get a little bit dry, it's just like, you know what? I'm like, I'll read this, and then I go over here, and I'll read something else. And God is always amazed. It just amazes me how he'll open up things to us. But we need to seek wisdom because she is the true beauty. You have to travel on the road that she lives on. You have to spend time with her. Because when you do that, you're going to receive much, much, much more than what you've really sought after. 
Psalm 33:18 says that the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love. I want you to understand that when you seek after wisdom, and when you actually like really pursue it in your life, God notices. God notices that. And the people who truly fear God, those are the ones who it says the beginning of wisdom is fear of the Lord. When you start to understand that you need to have a healthy fear of God, when that happens, it says his eyes rest in a special way on those who fear him. That God watches over us and protects us. And uh, that really, we will not die unless it's according to his will and his plan at that time. Because his, he's going to be watching out for us. God provides escape in times of trouble. On those people who really fear and reverently seek after him, he really does try to make their path straight. And he surrounds them with protection. And I think that's a, that should give us real peace and really just uh, an assurance of the love that he has for us. And I think that we just think sometimes that we're unnoticed and that God doesn't care. And God does care. He does care. He notices the things that we do. I tried to explain a week or so ago the fact that when God, we talk about God, we, you know, there's things that we do about God that he actually sings about us, that he writes it down. God is a very personal God and he cares about us. Also, it says in Psalm 34, 7, that the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. So we need to understand that he actually sends spirits, angels. Um, they're not the angels that you've ever heard of. They're, they're not the ones of the girls with the long, flowing blonde hair and perfectly little pink lips and, you know, all fluttery with the, all the fancy clothes. Not them angels. I'm going to tell you the angels that God sends. God sends angels that have, like, billion eyes on them, tons of wings, stand about seven foot tall. I'm going to tell you the ones that the spirits, the enemies, aren't going to cross. How many little girls are, you think these evil spirits are going to be scared off by these girls with the long, long gold hair? Go away. Go away, evil spirit. No. You know what? God sends these amazing angels that are just so huge and so big that they know they're not going to go past them. They're not going to go past them. That's what's wrong. See, that we have feminized the church so much. We have taken the, the amazing things of God and we've made them into little girly girl things. And we're not afraid of them no more. You know, every single time they mention the Bible angels, what does it say? The angel says, do not fear. Why do you think he says that? Because they're scary. They're scary stuff. I'm a diet. You need to be afraid. There's the, the scripture in the Bible where it talks where um, Balaam is beating the donkey. He's beating this donkey because this donkey won't go the way he wants it to. Donkey's not going to move. You know why? Because he sees this angel in the middle of the road that is scary. The donkey's like, I'm not going that way. There's no way I'm going that way. And he's just like, go. And he starts beating this donkey. And finally, the God makes the donkey speak and says, why do you beat me? He says, don't you realize that the donkey sees an angel of the Lord and he's trying to protect you? See, a lot of times we just don't understand what angels really are in God's word. They're scary things. I'm going to tell you, the angels that are circling and surrounding me are scary angels. And the enemy of that, the devil's characters that he's sending after me, they're afraid of the angels of God. They're fearful of them. So I want you to understand that he sends those, those people that fear God, he sends angels to protect them. And he protects them from physical and harm, you know, spiritual dangers and stuff like that. But like I said, this promise is only reserved for those who truly fear him, those who are actually seeking after wisdom. 
Also, Proverbs 10.27 says, The fear of the Lord adds length to life, but the years of the wicked are cut short. Another promise of God. We seek after wisdom. We begin to fear him. He adds length to our life. It's also spoken, like I said, when I talked about that scripture being pregnant with a lot of information, you know, this is exactly what I said. It's, it's the same, same scripture reference. What it's saying there is there's so much to it. Skilled living gets its start in the fear of God, insight into life from knowing a holy God. It's through me that your life deepens and the years of your life will ripen. Do you understand what it means? They're going to be lengthened. They're going to go farther. That's what it's all about. See, God wants us to really understand that there's so much more we're called to do. And he promises a longer life. Now, if you listen to what the earth says, what, is, what does the world say about people that only the good die young, right? Isn't there a song about that? Only the good die young. Wrong. That's not what God's word says. God's word says the fear of the Lord, the ones who are truly good and pleasing, have a long life. Another lie of what the world tells us. You know, I think that we have to understand that that is just like our God. To tell us to do a very simple thing like ask for wisdom and start to fear him and honor him and really give to him what he deserves And he is a God that will give us back so much, 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 much more than what he tells us to do. That's the God that we serve. I don't think you guys even get that yet. You don't understand that he wants to give you more. He doesn't want you just to do all these different things and him give nothing. He wants to be able to give you all these things, good and pleasing gifts. He wants to give to you because he loves you. That's what he wants. He guards us. He sends his angels to guard us. And he adds length to our lives. All because we seek after wisdom, we stay away from folly, and we really start to fear the Lord. That's what it's all about. Simple. Not hard. Really not hard. But you know what? We don't do it. Over and over again, we do the stupid things. Believe what the world tells us instead of believing what God's word tells us. Say we're Christian, but then as soon as the next thing comes down the pike, a way to make money, a way to do this, or get a better degree or whatever, scholarship, we're all go the wrong way again. We really need to get determined and disciplined and decide if we really do love him or if we really want to serve him or fear him. If we don't, that's fine. It's your choice. No one's forcing you. Your parents can want you to. They can just about like cry out constantly and telling you they want you to seek after God, but it's your choice. Ultimately, it's your decision. I'm just telling you that, you know, when I was 28, when I made the decision, my life was so much more empty then compared to what it is now. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm a lot more tired now because <laughs> there's a battle that you're fighting, and sometimes it makes you very weary. But you know what? I'd never go back. I'd never go back. To know that Jesus loves me the way he does, and I'm going to tell you, when I have the assurance, when I'm in a situation, just to say, Jesus, and, you know, just to know that when you speak his name, he surrounds you. That's, that's an amazing opportunity to know that Jesus wants to be that close. Why do you think we're God made? There's a heart, a hole in our heart, something that God created. Why do you think when there's any situation that's fearful, painful, anything, in a movie or anything, what do people do? They cry out, oh God, oh God, don't they? Why? It's not learned behavior. It's God put inside of us to seek out him and to ask for help that's what it's all about we just don't get it 
We just take those words as meaning nothing. And you know what God says? That they have all the weight in the world if we would just get it and understand. But there are always the things, like I said, we have to understand. We have to fear them. We have to seek after wisdom. Uh, Next week, like I said, I want to talk to you about, you know, favor. And I want to talk to you about blessings. Because when we really truly seek after God, he offers us so much more. It's not just about work, but you know what? It's it's what he gives back to us because we're faithful. And uh, he's done that for me. And I think that he would love to do it for more people. I think he'd love to do it for more and more people. The people that truly love him, he wants to give them great things. So um, I just want to teach you about that. I think sometimes you hear about the stuff that's bad. Granted, you know what? There is always that double-edged sword. Like I say, there's good and bad that comes with found after Christ. You do what you want. He gives you great things. You don't do... There's judgment. But I don't think sometimes we think about all the good things. So I want to talk to you about the good things in the next couple of weeks. So anyway, I want to pray for you real quick before we dismiss. Um, we are leave, you know, ending about 10 minutes early. I want you to um, stick around for 10 minutes up here, okay? You don't need to run off. Actually, CYM is, we, we spent like $15,000 on remodeling this room. It would be great if you guys actually wanted to stand down here instead of down on the white pasty walls with the drop ceilings be nice if you could actually commune up here. That's why we made this community for you guys. And uh, it'd be nice if you could stick around for 10 minutes, visit with each other, spend time talking to someone that you've never really talked to before. Expand your community. Don't just talk to the same people over and over again. And uh, if you can stick around for the theater tonight, do. And uh, let me just pray for you. If you have never accepted Jesus as your Savior, if you've never just whispered the words, Jesus, forgive me. I confess that I'm a sinner. I need your help. Come talk to one of us. We're more than willing to talk to you about it. It's not going to take no major, major thing. We don't ask for donation. We don't ask you to join. <laughs> I don't tell you you have to come back every single week, week every Wednesday. Um, but if you've never done it, do it. Um, if you need prayer for anything else, if you need me to talk to you about something, you know, I'm always here. Come to me. Talk to one of the other people that are on the stage and some of the people that are in leadership if you need to. Um, otherwise, I love you and I appreciate you guys coming. But let me pray for you real quick. Lord, I just thank you, Father, for everything that you do for us. Lord, just the desire you put in our hearts, Lord, to seek after you. And, Lord, just the awakening in our minds to recognize that we need to be right with you. I just pray that you would just work on the hearts of the people that are here. Lord, that they recognize you as their Savior. That they would recognize you as the answer to every single life problem that there is. Um, from hurt and forgiveness and pain and struggles, Lord. I just know, Father, that you are the answer, and I just pray that they get that. I just pray, Father, you just be with each family, Lord, just the, just the comfort that they need wherever they're at, Lord, if they need help in their finances or um, just in loss, if there's somebody that they've lost, and, Lord, just if there's a, just a lot of pain, I just pray, Jesus, that you would just help them. I just pray, Father, that you would just let them have joy in following after you. I just ask Jesus that you just go home with them. I just pray that you would also just follow them into their homes, Lord. I pray that you just bless each home that's um, represented here tonight, Lord, that you would just uh, really just help them, Lord, to just know who you are. And, uh, Lord, that you would just just pour blessings on them. I just thank you, Father, for what you're going to do. And we just praise you for everything that you've done and everything that you're going to continue to do in our lives. And we just ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.